Hey, hey, ladies, what's up? Welcome back to the Beautifully Built Inside and Out podcast. I am your host, Melissa Impet. And today I'm like over here dancing around while I'm recording because I'm just so excited with how amazing this interview was. I really think it's going to impact so many of you listeners. So today I have the honor of inviting on Miss Jenny Jacobs Burke, who is a eating psychology coach and body image mentor, which is just like way too perfect for the Beautifully Built Inside and Out podcast. Jenny just encompasses so much of what I truly believe in and what I really preach with the Beautifully Built community. So grab a notebook. There's so many things in this interview that you might want to jot down because it's really life-changing and will impact your results forever. So if you really enjoyed this episode, please hit me up and let me know on Instagram at a underscore healthy underscore attitude. I would love to hear from you. Also, I'm really like excited to have Jenny back on the podcast. So please let me know what questions you would like me to ask her next time she comes on and speaks with us again. So if you've got questions that you would like specifically answered by Jenny, please let me know on Instagram. And I can't wait to share this episode. And I'm already like so excited to have her back on. So enjoy the episode. Talk to you ladies soon. Oh, well, first of all, Melissa, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here chatting with you. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for being so brave and coming on and sharing your heart with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. So my name is Jenny Eden Burke, and I'm a certified eating psychology coach, and I'm also a body image mentor. I even wrote a best-selling book called The Body Image Blueprint. It's available on Amazon. (laughs) We'll have to put that link in the show notes. Oh, that would be so nice. Thank you. And I just am really passionate about helping women and men to heal their often fraught relationship with food and with their bodies and tune into intrinsic wisdom, awareness, and pleasure with food again, because I feel like so many of us are confused and angsted and about what to eat and when to eat and how many bites and how to move their bodies and how to nourish themselves. And it shouldn't be so hard. And I help sort of unpack and demystify all of it. Oh, I love that because it's so true. There's so many different ideas out there of what diet to do, what lifestyle to live. It's really confusing. It really is. And there's so many, there's so much conflicting research too. Like as soon as you feel like, okay, so I'm going to get on board with this. And they're like, well, wait a minute. We just did some other study and actually that's not right. So do this. <laughs> and then you're like, oh man. like, Well, what do I do? do? Yeah. It's very frustrating for people. And I really try to give the power back to the individual to understand that they have all those messages right within them. They, they know exactly how to nourish themselves. But they just have to listen deeper and, and deeper get back to in touch with their bodies. Yeah. Yeah, that is so incredible. I love that you're saying that because it's so true that if we're if we're just listening to everyone else and we're not paying attention to our own bodies, then we could be going down the complete wrong path. Yeah, and I've lived that myself. Like I um I had a you know my own personal journey with like food and weight and body image and um, I got to a point where I was so frustrated I was I turned forty and like all the things that I used to be able to do to lose weight wasn't working mm-hmm. and I was so upset that I like went to see this doctor and she told me to that I had massive inflammation and leaky gut and I had to give up gluten and dairy and tomatoes and peanuts and all these things which I did for like a year but mm-hmm. I was so miserable because. Mm-hmm. I felt so restrictive, you know, and and it didn't even help. It didn't even change anything. So I just wow, I wonder what would happen if I just listened to what my body wants and needs and 
like sort of trusted that a little more. And it was just so beautiful what happened. Like I, my body started like talking to me or maybe I just listened more deeply. And I was like, I know what to do that. I don't, I don't need to worry anymore. I don't need to live in fear and constantly be mis not trusting myself, you know? So I have a question is, is what your, your work in, is it, would you call it intuitive eating? Yeah, it's intuitive eating. I do very specific, like mindful eating exercises and um, techniques to help people to really see what it's about. That's cool. Are you familiar with with all that? I'm very familiar with intuitive eating. I've been doing a lot more research into intuitive eating and and I've been experimenting with my own body and it's it's been incredible. It's really been incredible. And one of the things that I've been experimenting that I'd love to hear your feedback on is the idea of intermittent fasting with intuitive eating. So Mm. really not, because I always, you know, doing fitness competitions and in the whole fitness scene world, I was so programmed to eating five, six times a day, small meals, weighing everything, measuring everything. And that's great. It worked. It got me incredible results, but I felt kind of like I was just in this routine because it was what I was told to do. So Mm. recently I've been, I've been kind of paying more attention to my body and what my body's craving and at what time my body's craving it. I think I was so routine to wake up and first thing I had to do was eat something. And, and for me, I've noticed recently, I've had a little bit more brain clarity in the morning when I don't necessarily just force myself to eat as soon as I open my eyes. So what, what's, yeah. your, thoughts on, what's your thoughts on that style? Are you in alignment? Yeah, so um, I, I can't say I'm in alignment or not in alignment with any one protocol mm-hmm. because I, I really believe in bioindividuality and I really yes. believe that everybody needs to find their own path of something that makes sense for them and works for them. And who am I to, to say, you know, that's what you should do. But I will say that in some ways it runs counter to intuitive eating because you're still creating some rule or regulation mm-hmm. based on how many, when you should eat and when you shouldn't eat. Okay. And in some ways that goes against like trusting your uh, appetite, right? So if yeah. you're if you're hungry and you ignore that, your body can per- eventually perceive that as a stress response, okay. and then start to slow down your metabolism and to increase fat storage and increase uh, cortisol and other sort of like norepinephrine, adrenaline, and other stress chemicals in your body. Um, I don't have evidence of that, but I do know that when your body is when you're ignoring body cues over time, that is stressful to your body. However, I've heard really great things about intermittent fasting as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my whole thing is like, give it a go, try it, but see how it feels, see how it feels for you emotionally, psychologically, and physically. And if it works for you, by all means, do it, you know? Yeah, I think that's been one of my favorite things is just really experimenting to see what it is works for me. And I think that one of the things that people go wrong with is that experimenting is like a week-long thing and then they jump to the next thing and then they jump to the next thing. And it's, it's, you really have to be patient to see what works for your body. I totally agree with that. It's like dieting ADD or something. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. (laughs) Because we all want like immediate results. Immediate, yeah. We just, we're dying for that quick fix. And then we feel like, well, this isn't working and that's not working. And so that's why like sometimes slowing down can help speed up in some ways because the sooner, the more that you slow down, you can have that clarity to really understand, is this working for my body or is it not? You know, for me, um, I would get like PTSD to, to have fasting because of Mm -hmm. the times that I've restricted myself Mm. and ignored my hunger, you know, Mm. and then like, and then ricocheted the other direction and ended up eating more than I needed or wanted. Yeah. 
you know, really paying attention to your, yeah, your journey and your past and what's going to make best sense for you. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm so about that. Just like everybody has that journey. Everybody needs to sort of see what, how their body ticks and like when they're hungry and what foods make you feel like you're thriving and energetic and which foods like weigh you down and Mm. don't really sit well with you. So, Mm. so now tell us, I know you said that you've had your own journey, um, but what led you to this? How did you find this career path for yourself? Oh, it's a bit of a story. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, I always struggled with my weight ever since I was like a child. I was the only one in my family who looked different and I grew up in the eighties and nineties and they're really I was, I looked different than a lot of my peers and I wasn't even really aware of it until society made me aware of it. Right. So, cause I, I came from a very loving household, very accepting. Um, but my mom is also a chef. So I had like a lot of amazing food growing up. My mom was a chef too. My mom and my dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. You grew up in Boston. It's a blessing and a curse. Um, North yeah. Shore in Ipswich, Massachusetts. Oh, I know Ipswich. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse because we we grew up with great, great food. But at the same time, I didn't, you know, I never, I could always get up and get seconds or thirds or, and I could eat until I wanted. And it was. Exactly. And it, and it's, it was very challenging for me because I, from the second I was born, I loved food. Like I love food, you know? And so like, I really didn't, um, no, and I expanded my palate like very early too because my mom was feeding me all kinds of interesting flavors and textures and foods and whatnot. But I, you know, I also grew up in the 80s and 90s where there was this huge groundswell of dieting and dieting culture and feeling like the only path to happiness is to be in a smaller body. So I really subscribed to that, you know, and I bullied my body for years just. I always felt like I had to work harder than other people to lose weight. You know, I have hypothyroidism and I had, I felt like I had all these challenges, but I didn't care. I'm like, whatever it took, I was going to do it. I was going to do it. And eventually I ended up working at a national health and weight management company for 13 years. And the whole program, I was a health educator, was about aggressive weight loss. And it was like uh, 800 calories a day and Mm -hmm. very, very, very restrictive. Um, It worked, but people it was very difficult for people emotionally, physically, psychologically. And my job was to help them stick, stick with this program. And over time, about 10 years in, I was, I started to wonder whether I was really helping people because I wasn't getting to the root cause of why they were overeating and why they felt like they needed to binge eat or stress eat or emotionally eat. And I wanted those questions answered. So I, I ended up getting my eating, eating psychology certificate and really understood what goes into you know, it's not just the food. It's like your family history. It's yeah. your, uh, you know, your, you know, relationship with the media and society and your peers and your parents and your own belief systems. And, and I started to be, just become fascinated with that whole thing. And I eventually left my job and I started my own company. And, and now wow. I've been doing Everything this. Everything happens years. for a reason. <laughs> I totally think so. And it's been so joyful. And just, first of all, I stopped dieting and for myself and I started to learn what intuitive eating was about and mindful yeah. eating. I just was so happy. And I was so relieved that I could just trust my body again because I spent so many years like bullying it and being angry at it and frustrated. And, you know, I know that you do a lot with exercise. And for me, it was like uh, exercise only meant either running or elliptical for like two hours. Like, oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't even consider yoga. I wouldn't consider anything because 
well, if yoga doesn't burn enough calories yes. and I want to have dinner today, you know? Yes. Oh, so many people so, get stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I totally understand. Yeah. But now I have like a beautiful relationship with exercise because I finally started to do things that worked with my own body mechanics mm-hmm. as opposed like I'm not a runner and yeah. I don't know, yeah. like I feel like you're not a runner either. <laughs> no, not like, at all. I feel like it, like runners are so admired in our society and they're so revered, like the marathoners and the half marathoners. And I tried so hard, but it, it didn't work for me, like in terms of my body mechanics. And you listen to your body. Yeah. And I started to do kettlebells and yeah, that's kettlebell an amazing training. workout. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I sure love that empowered this. you too. The kettlebell, the strength. That's very empowering. Yeah. 100%. I was like, this is what exercise can be like. Oh my gosh. Like I've been missing out. I love kettlebells and I love hot yoga and I love hiking. And gosh, that's what I'm always telling my clients as well. Like I feel like I started seeing the most substantial results in my body when I just started loving my body. Mm. Instead of working out because I hated my body, I started working out because I loved my body and I started nourishing my body because I actually loved my body. And as soon as I was able to make that little mind shift, I really started seeing the results. So I feel like we connect. Yeah, I feel like we really connect on that. I agree. And, um, and I'm so glad that you went through that process mm. because it, you're absolutely right. You're not going to, if you don't have that foundation of like love and respect for your body, you are going to choose things that aren't necessarily healthy for it because you're, you're looking at an outcome and outcome only. And when I started to look at like, how can I move in a way that actually feels good to me? And that works for me. It makes me feel empowered and strong. And, and that it's not something I'm dreading all the time. I was like, wow, like, this is it. This is it. You know, you're a trainer, right? Is that your- I do. I help people with fitness and nutrition. Yeah, a little bit. So that's where the beautifully built concept came, came from, because I really want to inspire people to take the body that they were blessed with. Like we have such a blessing that we were, are on this earth, you know, so really taking and appreciating the body and then working on building it into what it is that you're dreaming of. I love that that so much. Really taking your body as a blessing first. That's the very first step. And a lot of people skip that step because it's true. The baggage from your past is stuff that we like to push under the rug. Yeah. We like to push that that baggage from our past under the rug and not bring it up and not come to terms with things. And you can't skip that step. (laughs) No, you can't. You have to do the hard work, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, like exercise, I really see it as a gift now. I used to hate it and like feel like, oh my God, I'm forcing myself to do this. And now I'm like so much more in flow and I get to like see where my power resides. Like even with kettlebells and like the body weight training and stuff, I was so mad at my body. Like I couldn't do a push up because I'm not like my strength. I could do like massive squats though mm-hmm. because my strength is yeah. in the lower part of my body. <laughs> And I was, I, when I started tapping into that, that's where, what made me feel so empowered as opposed to like forcing myself to do a push up when my, I just don't have, my strength is not there. I'm still working towards it. Don't yeah, get me exactly, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Pull ups and all that. But I, but when I tapped into where my strength is, I was like, wow, wow. I'm like, I really am strong. Like I am an athlete, you know? And so I always, yeah. well, for the, a lot of women that I work with, like, and I know for myself, I was always picked last on the soccer team mm-hmm. and, that. Yep. and I never thought of myself as an athlete. And I, I know that an inner athlete resides in all of us, yeah. but we just have to figure out where and how and how to like tap into that. Yeah. And just making sure that it doesn't feel like a chore because if it feels like a chore, it's just not going to be a lifestyle. 
Exactly. It won't be sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how do you keep up your motivation? I know that you work with a lot of, cl- a lot of clients, so I'm sure they help keep you motivated, but what do you do to keep your motivation up? Motivation for? For just when- living the healthier, happier, more positive life. Okay. So um, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but it's really about detaching from any specific arbitrary outcome yes. and focusing more on how does it make me feel? Yeah. Am I, is it sparking joy? Am I enjoying the process? Um, and for me, that has made all the difference because when I was only focused on, I will only do this if it lose weight, if I, if it burns calories, if it's low fat or whatever, then I was so obsessed with that outcome mm-hmm. that I couldn't enjoy the process because I would do anything just to get to that outcome. But now I shift and I'll, I'll have like a green smoothie because I love it and it tastes good. Not because I want it to affect, obviously I want it to make my body feel good. I want it to be healthy, but for me, motivation comes from inside and yeah. it can't be externally motivated. It has to come from a place of deep, deep, um, intrinsic motivation so that it can be sustainable. So I'm curious, do you use any specific tools? Are you a journaler? Do you meditate? Do you do anything like that to really connect? Yeah, I do a lot of meditating. I have like a food and mood journal so that I can learn about myself as an eater because I what would happen is like I would get starving at certain points of the day when I was out and about. And then, you know, our society, it's not like there's like tons of jump, you know, juice bars and smoothie bars or <laughs> whole foods like everywhere you go. So I would do what most people do, which is like the easiest thing. And often the easiest thing is processed foods or fast food or whatever. And I started to realize like, well, if I, if I get to tune into my hunger, I get to know when I'm going to be hungry in general and I can prep. So I can bring like trail mix or I can bring, you know, cheese sticks or whatever I need to sustain me until I can get to a place where I can make a a conscious, rational choice, as opposed Mm -hmm. to coming from this choice of like, I'm starving, I'll eat anything, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's been huge too, because I I consider that eating empowerment where you're really tuning into like who you are as an eater when you get hungry and what are the types of foods that can, you know, take the edge off. Yeah, that's really helpful, jotting it down. I think that that's huge, having like a little journal where you actually jot things down. I think people look at it as like a burden, but it really could impact the rest of your life. So you got to change your mindset when it comes to that. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be hard. Like some people do, uh, some of my clients do like my fitness pal yeah, or they'll yeah. do things like that. But like you could even just say, hey, Siri, exactly. It's o'clock, I'm hungry, no. break it down, you know? Yeah. 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 Use the notes on your phone. You know, I know a lot of people get um, overwhelmed by MyFitnessPal and I think that there can be a little bit of an addiction there too. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the notes in your phone, jot it down so you can start seeing some trends in your eating style. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was also curious, have you ever um, done any type of mirror work? Do you know anything about mirror work? I do. Yes. I yes. love mirror work. It's actually a, um, an entire podcast episode that I have planned out because I am Ooh. such a big fan of mirror work. So for the listeners who don't know what that is, it's literally getting to know yourself in the mirror and at, saying affirmations to yourself and connecting with yourself on such a deeper level, actually mm-hmm. focused on yourself in the mirror. So it's something that's, I don't know if you've tried it much, but it's something that's pretty uncomfortable at first, but it really does get easy and it's really, really powerful. It's very powerful. I've done it for myself. And I also, it's something I teach clients too. And we start small, like do two minutes 
And um, I do it a little bit differently. I have people like just notice the thought bubbles that come up, like especially the negative thought bubbles, like Mm -hmm. my thighs are so like whatever and my arms are flabby. And just notice those bubbles come up as you're looking at yourself and let them like acknowledge them and let them float away because then you're left with just your own truth, right? Like, and, and you can question that too. Like this, my beliefs about my body are just based on like, evidence that I've had in the past, but that doesn't make it true. Yes. You know, that's just my perception and my belief about it, you know? Yeah. Um, It's very confronting, but it's very healing too. I call myself a thought flipper. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Because when I, you know, when thoughts come into my mind, I recognize them, I acknowledge them, and then I flip them. (laughs) So, you know, when you're saying, when you're saying that something is, you know, like my thighs are rubbing together too much, recognize that and flip that and say, my thighs are just perfect. Mm. I'm super excited to continue working on my thighs, you know? So really taking that time to recognize and flip that thought before you let it consume you. I love that so much. And, And another thing you could do is also like, you know, if you say like, I hate my thighs, you can say, what are my thighs? What's the purpose of this body part? Like why, why is it here to serve me? How does it serve me? And then that's a really amazing reframe where you're like, Oh, you mean the purpose isn't so that I can just chastise and criticize myself? Yes. It's actually so I can get around and move places. Protection. Yes. Oh Like, yeah. And that's like a huge difference. Like that was part of how I healed my own relationship with my body and accepted it for what it is, not Mm. like I want it to be. And then being so angry that I couldn't get there, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So I also use, um, I, I, cause this is another type of thing that you have to turn into a practice. It needs to be something that you do quite frequently if you want it to work for you. So I have a little practice where sometimes when I get into my car, I look at myself in my rear view mirror, you know, not full body length, but just really connecting with, with yourself. I think a lot of people avoid looking at themselves directly and connecting with their inner self, but it's Mm -hmm. so key in this, in this healthy, active, you know, beautiful lifestyle. Oh, I totally agree. And like, you know, like people will take selfies, but then they'll, they'll criticize everything. Yeah. Like they'll mm-hmm. pick, pick themselves oh, gosh. apart. That is know? so prevalent right now these days for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, it's so sad, you know, like we, we've all done it, not all of us, but you know, and, and like, it's funny because like, who's to say what that body or beauty ideal is? Like who decided that? that yeah, there's no definition. Be- <laughs> there's yeah, no definition we- in the dictionary. <laughs> right. But we all feel like there is yeah. like, we feel like, well, unless I look like this and move like that and eat like that, then I won't mm. accept mm. it or I don't know, something like that. Well, I think you are making a huge impact in the community. And I think that there's so more people standing up for everyone, you know, making sure that people are living a brighter life because- YOLO, right? You only do live once. Life is short. And it's really important to, you know, grab, gain control of yourself now so that you can live a better rest of your life. So before we wrap up, I would love to hear from you. Um, could you leave our listeners with some kind of advice that they can take away from this episode? Absolutely. And thanks again, Melissa, for having me. It was just such a fun conversation. Yes, I'm so happy you were brought into my life. Facebook (laughs) is an amazing tool, isn't it? Yeah. Love Facebook, even though I know they're having challenges. Yeah, I know. I'm still going for it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, What I would say is if you struggle with food, if you struggle um, with knowing what the best thing to do is and 
start to tune inward. Like that's what I would say. Like we always look outward for the answers, experts and healers or whatever. But if you, I think if you tune inward, people will notice that they know a whole lot more than they even realize and expect. And that alone can actually help with body trust, body reverence, compassion, and, and clarity really. And I think people are fearful of really just tuning inward and being like, okay, body, what do you need from me? Like, and we want everyone else to give us those answers. And so that's what I would leave people with is like, really take that time to know yourself and to understand what makes your body tick, what, what fills you with pleasure, what doesn't and, and go use that as your roadmap. Yeah. And that really is my intention too, with the beautifully built podcast is to provide so many different things for you ladies to think about. But this is the main, the main portion is that you really need to internalize yourself first before Mm -hmm. taking on other pieces of advice. You need to learn yourself first. So I love that advice. And I really hope the listeners take that advice because it is really, really life-changing. Mm. Yeah. So absolutely. thank you so much, Jenny, for coming on. I absolutely loved speaking with you. I would love to have you on the show again sometime. Anytime. So we'll, yeah. So we'll have to chat and plan something out because I think it would be really powerful for the listeners to continue hearing more from you. So Thanks, where can our listeners find you if they would like to connect with you? Um, so the best place is my website, which is www.jennyeatingcoaching.com. Great. Perfect. So I'll put that link in the show notes too, so they can find you there. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jenny. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll definitely get in touch. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing your heart with us. <laughs>